Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside... Connor Balthazor. And today, we're going to be doing the first episode. We're both actually in the same room, and it's very exciting because we can actually hit each other now. Yes, I'm really looking forward to slapping Ace after he has a terrible take, so I imagine I'll be slapping him at least like three or four times today. Yeah, you know, it, that seems a, that seems about right. But for the actual content of today's episode, we're going to be going over our quote-unquote standard recruiting segment, going into realignment talk, because that's what everyone wants to hear more about, including an actual source, so we're already better than KC Media. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, college football playoff expansion that literally everyone has forgotten about because of realignment. Me and Gene going to the playoff committee in our segment that we've wanted to do for about a month before conference realignment destroyed all of our dreams, and that is the Game of the Week each segment, and of course, the Wacky Segment of the Week. So let's firstly go into our first bit of recruiting news, and that is, unfortunately, because recruiting news on this show can never be good, is... A bit of bad news. You wanna you wanna talk about that a little bit? I mean, I don't, but I will. Uh, <laughs> so Chaz Nimrod has unfortunately committed to Tennessee. Unfortunately for K State, uh, he had uh, indicated that that was a, a a big school for him early on in his recruitment, but it didn't seem like they were gonna offer. But once he pushed back his uh, recruitment date, a lot of other schools started uh, uh, circling. And Tennessee offered, and he committed, I think, within a week uh, to Tennessee, maybe even just in days, in four days. And so Nimrod was a, a huge target for this staff. Uh, he was maybe the most talented receiver they'd gone after so far this cycle, other than Ruben. And now he's gone, and so that's another name off the top of the board for this, uh, rec- for this coaching staff, and they're going to have to move on to to other prospects yeah and the the question that i think of is of course it it really sucks that we lose out on nimrod especially because he was i'm not going to go ahead and say full-on legacy because i think to be considered a true quote-unquote legacy your dad or parent had to play there yeah which you know his grandfather played here which is still significant so it's a sign of a pseudo legacy and it still hurts yes but you know, just losing that, it's not the greatest look, but I think that this forces a shift in priorities in this world where I view recruiting as literally NCAA 14 recruiting, where you have to assign recruiting points. Right. If it's not already maxed out on Moody A. Rubin, I guess we're just taking the points that we put on Chaz just to Moody A., right? Uh, that's got to be the move right now, because Moody A. is by far the highest recruit on the uh, wide receiver board right now. Uh, You could look at a guy like maybe Makai Collins, uh, and he's starting to emerge a little bit more, but uh, Moutier, uh, he is by far the most important wide receiver recruit right now, and he's going to be a tough guy to win. Uh, Stanford is charging really hard. Uh, Vanderbilt uh, is also pushing really hard, so it's probably going to be about a three-team race between those two, or between those three. And then... uh, KU and Arkansas State made his top five as well, but I imagine they're pretty solidly in the four and five spots in that recruitment. Arkansas and it's, State's actually number one. We're all idiots. Oh, well, I really hope not. <laughs> I mean, it actually be kind of hilarious if Arkansas State beat out Vanderbilt and Stanford and K-State. Tra- it'd be tragic, but it'd be really funny. It'd be tragic for us, but we could at least laugh at like these two like academic bastions 
like losing out to Moody Rubin, like to Arkansas State. So at least there'd be some humor in it, but it would still really hurt. Yeah. And especially for a unit that I feel like has the most to show this year, I am hoping that just going into this year and maybe watching the practice tomorrow, I calm down a lot, which I know that just dated this episode. August 6th is when we're recording. Um, we will be doing a special episode just about what we saw at the practice. So maybe all of our fears will go away and we'll feel great about the receiving core after watching the practice tomorrow. Uh, here's hoping. Uh, <laughs> I, I doubt it. Like but... <laughs> I imagine that we'll be seeing uh, healthy Malik Knowles, uh, Maybe a bit more Keenan Garber. We should see Tyrone Howell. So there should be some uh, players to watch at that position, uh, like unironically speaking. But uh, they were the biggest question mark leaving last year, and they're one of the biggest question marks going into this year. So all eyes will be on them, not just on the field, but also on recruiting. Absolutely. And it's actually a pretty short recruiting segment this week. So let's just move along right into... And this is what I want to be another short segment because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of talking about realignment. And I don't really want to talk about it over and over again, especially when so little relatively is happening. But whenever we actually have a source to bring something up, we may as well. It's kind of, even though I make no delusions of grandeur that either of us are professional media personalities. Yet. 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 We actually have a source from KU, and the big rumor recently, especially if you go on Twitter and start beefs with certain people on Twitter. Who would do that? Yeah, who would ever? (laughs) It's that KU is apparently an apple in the Big Ten's eye, and they're, they're looking to add the University of Kansas to the Big Ten. And... Other than just common sense saying, no, what the hell, this is literally schmacked, you guys are stupid, we actually have a source that is basically from a source, so supposed to take it with a grain of salt, but it's yes. someone I trust. I, I would trust this source. I, I would give them an A-plus rating. Absolutely. There was recently a meeting with a collection of K-State donors or K-State alumni. Can't you? KU, excuse me, KU donors and alumni that essentially came together to talk about the university. And one of the subjects that came up was talking about KU potentially leaving to join a different conference. And what was said at this meeting was very, very telling. Essentially, just to broad strokes it, excuse me, the money is too good to leave the Big 12 right now. That is because they are due a cut of at least $80 million just from Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, which is already a substantial chunk of money, and it's not considering the amount of money that you will get from an ESPN lawsuit. Yep. I I think that um, this is something that pretty much everybody outside of the KU fan base kind of already knew. Maybe there were some people in national media that weren't quite privy to the intricacies of the situation, but after hearing this, uh, it's pretty verifiable, I would say, that at least for the time being, uh, KU to the Big Ten is no dice. I think that 
that's pretty obvious, honestly, just from looking at the financials of it, like you said. Uh, every Big 12 school right now is uh, due for a significant payday if the Big 12 stays together. So there is no reason that the Big 12 should break up right now unless some school were to get an absolute boatload of money to go join another conference, which that's not happening with any of the schools that are left over. And and that includes K-State, that includes KU, that includes everybody. Like West Virginia is not going to the ACC. KU is not going to the Big Ten. The Big 12 is not merging with the Pac-12 right now, probably. The most that would happen would be a Pac-12 scheduling alliance for the uh, short term. Maybe a merger once all of this uh, uh, financial uh, lawsuits and uh, buyouts finally go through in the next four to five years. But we're still a ways off from that. Yeah. And basically the question that I was asked is, if you're a university president or an athletic director, would you really turn down your opportunity at a cut of $80 million? And if you split it evenly, eight ways, that's $10 million for your program in school. Right. So the, it would be silly to turn that away given the uh, situation that is oncoming for the Big 12 media contract, which Bob Bowlesby has said uh, could be a losses of over 50% for the remaining schools, which is unbelievably significant, especially for places like K-State that don't already have a huge budget. And uh, they are uh, operating in the green for the most part. They, uh, uh, I don't know if that's the correct financial term. That is the correct financial term. Okay, excellent. Uh, but they, uh, uh, they Actually, turn it's in, the, it's, it's in the black. In the green or in the black are the same thing. It's in yeah. the red you don't want to be. Yeah, same difference. They're, they're doing well, money-wise. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, this will still affect them. And so it, it remains obvious for a school like KU that while they do make more money or that they do uh, produce more revenue, they ultimately are in the negative. Uh, they're in the red pretty much every single year. Uh, and if they do go green, it's with some uh, creative uh, accounting. <laughs> yeah, we'll say that. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I think the Big 12, uh, due to this impending lawsuit, I, I just don't think that there's any reality in which the Big 12 breaks up. No, absolutely not. So now we can move on from realignment news and hopefully not have to talk about it for, let's be realistic here, it's going to be like two weeks if we're lucky. Yeah, it'll be maybe two weeks before we have to talk about realignment again. Somebody's going to say something dumb in the next couple of weeks. So, KU's in the metro area of KC. Yeah, so somebody would, nobody would ever say that though. <laughs> I mean, that'd be that'd be so dumb to say. Like, So I don't really want to worry about that. Yeah, claiming an airport in Missouri. Anyway. <laughs> Hey, it's being renovated. I heard there's art everywhere. Anyway, we're going to be talking about now a, a subject that you and I did an episode about, but we have not talked anything about since we did the episode of it. And that is college football playoff expansion. And I can tell you exactly why we haven't talked about it. It's because after that initial push, no one else talked about it. And, in fact, the only piece of news that we have seen from it ever since we did that episode was published, I think, in August 1st or late July. That was saying that it is recently the playoff expansion model that was proposed whatever we did the episode, which is 12-team playoff, 
automatic bid, not no automatic bids, but conference champions get the top six seeds. Everyone else gets seven through twelve. Uh, Power five typically gets into the top five just by being Power five, though it's not necessarily no buy bids for winning a certain conference. Independence can't win a buy, things such as that, and there's a lot of other details, but the big thing to know there is 12-team playoff, which regardless of what our takes were on that show, I'm not going to go into it because go listen to the show. It's a it's actually one of my personal favorite episodes. It, it is one of my favorite episodes as well, and I actually think it's uh, I think it's one of our least listened to episodes as well. So it's a, it's a hidden gem there at the beginning of the show. I think it's episode three? I think so. Yeah, I think it's episode three, so go give that a listen to listen to our takes on the playoff expansion. Yeah. So, basically, what has occurred in this in this timeline, this current timeline that we are living in, is the there is a study being done that is about the feasibility of it, and it is called a summer review phase, which... Basically, if you want to take away the legal speak of it, they're talking to colleges and bowl sponsors to figure out exactly how a 12-team playoff would work. And I think that that is a massive step because you can talk in ideals all you want. Like, I'm sure if you talk to just about any other college, they'll say, oh, a 12-team playoff is a good thing. But once you start talking to sponsors and colleges on a more logistics level instead of speaking in ideals and concepts, that is when I think the idea kind of gets rolling really well. Yes. And that is when I started kind of taking this seriously because it the article that brings this up never mentions a timeline that I could see, but there were some there was some degree of not necessarily pessimism but realism within members of the committee basically saying don't get too excited everybody it's probably not going to be immediate and we don't even really know if it's going to work out a hundred percent which i think that's just them covering themselves in case it doesn't work out yeah that's kind of how I feel about it which i mean that's pretty common for stuff like this unless it's just an absolute home run which Something this big is going to take at least another year to implement, uh, especially with just the logistics of including other bowl games that they want to keep the bowl tradition in. I imagine that at the earliest this would be uh, in 2023, but that's probably pushing it, honestly. So it may be something like 2024 before we see true playoff expansion. But nevertheless, I'm excited for it, uh, despite, the, despite them telling me not to be excited. I, <laughs> I will be excited, whatever they say. You cannot stop me. I will be excited. And I will be disappointed. And they cannot stop me from that. (laughs) But, yeah. So, one thing that I want to point out, and another big reason as to why I think that this is going to get through, is that projections are of money. And the, the number one thing that college football is turning into is... And it's just like everything else. It's now more about money than it is anything else. Yep. However, this could actually benefit the fans for once. Because the expanded playoff is estimated to be able to make upwards of $1 billion, with a B, dollars each and every year the college football playoff is held. And 
in order to properly put that number into perspective, because we all know it's a big number, but it, it wouldn't make much sense to expand the playoff from a monetary standpoint if it's a marginal gain. It's much more than a marginal gain, because the current college football playoff makes $600 million a year, which is $400 million short of $1 billion. Ace with the big math out here. So <laughs> I can do basic arithmetic. Yeah, and honestly, that billion, that could really be a conservative estimate because when you have $600 million per year for three games, uh, when you have the 12-team playoff, and I think it's, what, four buys? I don't even want to begin to do that math in my head because it's, I don't know, it's, it's double digits in games in my mind. And while the ratings will probably be lower for those first few, nevertheless, they're still going to get great viewership because the playoff is the playoff. And... If uh, super conferences don't get too out of hand, it should see more teams from uh, different places getting into it. So uh, a knock on wood for that. But uh, I can see it being well over a billion dollars a year. But that's my completely uneducated opinion that I'm just spitballing on that. And the reason why I am, I'm not spitballing, I will almost guarantee it. In fact, I think there exists a lot of worlds where a 12-team playoff could make $2 billion. I wouldn't dispute that. Like, that, that, that's totally doable. Because take take the independent schools that I think have a good chance of, of getting in. The two that I'm thinking of, Notre Dame, BYU. Those are two of the most revenue-generating programs in the U.S., other than, like, Texas. I could have sworn you were going to say New Mexico State on those two independent schools. <laughs> UNLV. <laughs> <laughs> we have any UNLV fans listening, I am sorry. But I'm pretty sure there's, like, two of you anyway. Yeah, not, not many UNLV fans, especially not listening to our show. No. <laughs> We're a little outside their market. We're going to get one email from a guy who's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you get those independent bids for schools like BYU and Notre Dame, just imagine the revenue share that you will get from those two schools alone. And God help me, if Texas makes the playoff ever, that's already going to be a massive revenue share that they will get, which I don't think will happen because I think Texas will suck. Yeah, but I agree. That opens up the door for more money to be gained. It would be the most obnoxious playoff of all time, that's for sure. <laughs> a BYU, Notre Dame, Texas. It, it doesn't matter who else is in there. The, Nebraska would make it more obnoxious, though. Oh, yeah. There, there are some fan bases that could just completely ruin the playoff before it even starts. <laughs> Uh, that should be a segment, a wacky segment of the week. Which segment, which fan base would single-handedly ruin an expanded college football playoff? Don't. We'll save it for a All segment. All right, I'll, I'll save it. <laughs> we'll save it for a segment. Because I had to sit here for like 20 minutes to come up with this wacky segment of the week. <laughs> but that pretty much ends the talk on college football playoff expansion. I guess we'll, we'll start, we'll end by saying... Do you think by 2025 there will be a 12-team playoff in place? Um, I think so. I, I think 2025 is a good gauge for a, a for a 12-team playoff going in. It seems like 2025 is the date that a lot of things are going to start happening. <laughs> the day of reckoning. <laughs> yeah, that that will be Judgment Day. Uh, some random day, like probably the end of a fiscal year in 2025. Uh, so that's. Hopefully we're still uh, producing episodes by then because there should be a lot of things going on four summers from now. 
We'll do a reunion pod. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, because this podcast is going to go on forever. Of course. Of course. Weekly, forever. Forever. Until the heat death of the universe. Oh, that's, that's actually a really long time. I have to take a vacation for a little while. No. Okay. So, well, as it turns out, I won't be taking a vacation, actually. You can take a vacation when we go get canes. All right. Anyway... I, I think by 2025, it'll definitely be in place. If you were to put the timeline just about any year earlier, I think that if they really, really wanted to, they could get it done by this year, this coming playoff. I think they really wanted to. But the problem would be, would it be sane? No. 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 Would it be interesting? Yes. Absolutely. I would love to see them try and do it by this year, but I cannot imagine how stressful that would be from a, uh, a contract perspective, from a uh, event planning perspective, from literally every single perspective possible, with, from, with the exception of actually playing the games. And even then, that would still be really stressful anyways. So this year, yeah, it's, it theoretically could happen, but I would not want to be involved in planning that whatsoever. Because that, that would just be absolutely horrible. But 2023 is something where I, I think it's it starts to become feasible. Maybe that's a uneducated opinion. Because, I mean, I'm like, I, we are looking at this from, like, 30,000 feet. So, but I would love to see it as soon as possible. Uh, just any sort of playoff system that allows for more teams, hopefully not too many SEC teams. I mean, that might be wishful thinking at this point. <laughs> I mean... Realistically, I think the SEC will cannibalize itself, and it's also only one conference championship or champion gets to represent that is, guaranteed. That is true, but keep in mind, ESPN owns that SEC TV deal, and they own the playoff TV rights. So, I, I'm scared. That's all I'm saying. ESPN scares me. That's They're the evil empire ace. That's They ruin everything. That's an understandable reaction. Yes. I'm, I'm becoming an anti-ESPN conspiracy theorist. It gets worse by the day. I don't think it's a conspiracy anymore. I guess you're right. It technically is a conspiracy. It's just a really bad one. It's not a theory. Yeah, it's a conspiracy... Fact. Conspiracy fact. <laughs> but there's one person who recently joined the college football playoff committee that, whether it be a four-team or a 12-team playoff... I feel will do an excellent job, and I'm not at all biased by any stretch of the imagination. Absolutely not. And that is Mean Gene Taylor, the athletic director of Kansas State University, is going to be joining the playoff committee representing the Big 12, and he will be replacing Texas guy. Don't remember his name. Don't care. Chris Del Conte. Don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess the... Wow, my outline here is really scarce, so I guess I'll just kind of kind of roll with it. So, first question, which will be separated into two parts. First, how does this benefit K-State, both on a on-the-field perspective and a reputation perspective? Um, I would say that it benefits K-State significantly more from a reputation perspective. Because, for one, not a lot of athletic directors are chosen to be on the playoff committee. I'm pretty sure it's like one per conference, and that's for Power 5 conferences. I'm totally guessing on that. I actually have no idea. But it's not a big committee. That's all I know. 
So Gene being selected to be on that is great, especially in the uh, uh, turbulent college football world we're in right now. This allows Gene to uh, converse with athletic directors from other conferences more and establish more connections. And for the uncertain times that we're in, that's great for the future of K-State to make inroads with other schools and just uh, hopefully convince some schools that maybe would be skeptical of K-State, like the Pac-12, like maybe, I don't know, like USC, because they wouldn't want us to beat them every other year. (laughs) And uh, so Gene being there to make more connections and increase the standing of K-State, I'm all for it. On the field, uh, it doesn't hurt to have him there i i don't imagine that it would help a lot unless we're like a bubble team for the playoff and then it might help a little bit but that that'd be a really specific situation uh for that to really occur so i don't know from a reputation perspective it's way more important absolutely i think it's massive for the reputation of k-state especially considering who we're filling in the shoes for we're filling in the shoes for like them or not and i happen to lean towards not they are one of the most famous and popular fan bases and colleges in all of college football and we're stepping in to replace the person who for all intents and purposes was going to be their hand fighting for them in an upper room we'll call it and now that K-State has that. That's a huge reputation boost for the entirety of our athletic department because we've proven that we are enough of a big deal of a program that we're consistent enough. We have the history to represent our conference and the entirety of the college football playoff in a positive way. And I'm like you. I don't think it benefits us on the field at all because I think Gene is a reasonable man. And I don't think that he's willing to jeopardize his position to benefit K-State. Uh, be really cool if he would. I mean... He shouldn't. He, he shouldn't. Don't. But he could. But if you do, hats off to you, I guess. Yeah, pour one out for Gene if he does that. Stays uh, <laughs> will be short-lived. <laughs> K-State makes the playoffs ranked 43rd in the nation. As the first seed. <laughs> That'll be the day. That'll be the day. It'll also be the day that Gene uh, suspiciously goes missing. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like it's a great thing for the reputation of the, the, the program and the athletic department as a whole. Plus, it gives me another reason to brag about why we are now the best remaining Big 12 school. Of course. I mean, great. like we weren't already. I mean, obviously, K-State just so far ahead of every other school we're not being delusional at all right now we're, we're just we're just really self-aware and big brain so we we understand that case is just head and shoulders above everybody in the Bay 12 pay no attention to our team budget or anything like that <laughs> just take our word for it pay no attention to the man behind the curtain source bro trust me. source dude just trust me so that that kind of gets rid of the i said gets rid of that kind of <laughs> gets us past the news segment of today's show. Now we start talking about the more speculative portion of this show, and that is the segment that apparently God himself did not want us doing because we're talking about the game of the week, a segment that we wanted to do for probably about a month and a half or about a month, saying 
Each week we pick one game, and I'm assuming there will be some weeks where we share a game, but we pick one week, one game per week that we pick to be the best game of the week, and we'll try to remove bias, though there will be one game in particular that I genuinely think will be the best game of the week, and you know which game I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> so, ground rules. Doing every single week of college football, regular season, no restriction on games, whether it be team, conference, or anything in between. You can only say one game in a week. You cannot have any honorable mentions. You must be definitive. And we're not counting college football playoff, bowl games, or conference championships because they're too hard to predict. So, we'll go ahead and start off with... We're, we're using ESPN's website, which we'll have to wash our hands after we use because they don't mark for other reasons. But also mm-hmm. because they don't mark week zero. They just mark it as week one. So, for reference for what we're actually looking at, we're looking at the games from August 28th to... Does technically... Does it end to... August 28th is the only day of week zero. Okay. That makes this really easy because we have five there games There are five games from. and three of them are not that interesting. Yeah, so we have exactly two games that we're reasonably yeah. choosing. I mean, it's from. either Nebraska, Illinois, or Hawaii, UCLA. I'm and going Hawaii, UCLA. I'm going Nebraska, Illinois, but... Like, I would have said the other one if you had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to watch Nebraska because I don't think that they'll be a very good team. And I think that Hawaii is at the very least an interesting team, as yeah. is UCLA, especially coming off of what they've lost. I believe they lost a defensive tackle that was drafted. That was actually one of, one of my sleeper prospects for this year, which is why the fact that his name escapes me is very embarrassing. But... I feel like Hawaii-UCLA will be a very good game, if not for the fact that simply because I like Hawaii as a team, and while I don't like UCLA as a team, I feel like they make an interesting pairing for one another, especially as one of the first games of the year. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a really interesting game for UCLA to decide to play because that's kind of a no-win situation for UCLA, who's not the greatest team right now. They've been struggling recently. And Hawaii's not a pushover either, so, I mean, that's, it's very similar to, like, the K-State-Nevada game, where if you win, it's like, well, yeah, you should, but if you lose, you lose to a team that you should have easily beaten. It's it's a no-win situation. I mean, other, I mean, of course, they do get a dub in the W column, but it does nothing for them in the postseason department in terms of status. They get no clout for that victory. Uh, they do get to say they beat the Rainbow Warriors, though, which is one of my favorite mascots in college football. Agreed. I think I actually have a Hawaii Rainbow Warriors shirt somewhere back home. Huh. So you want to go into your game? Uh, yeah, Nebraska, Illinois. Um, I, I will not lie, I pretty much picked this because Ace picked the other game. And <laughs> I was like, there's literally only two good games this week. For, for reference, the other games are UTEP, New Mexico State, UConn, Fresno State, Southern Utah and San Jose State. Yeah, so I like San Jose State, and that's pretty much it. That's it. Like, I mean, Fresno State's interesting. I guess, yeah. Like that, they're the like, Fresno's not a state. <laughs> Pittsburgh's not a state. Pittsburgh's not a state either. <laughs> and, and nevertheless, the the gorillas they 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 really do be out here, but. <laughs> Uh, Nebraska, Illinois. I'm interested to follow Nebraska this season, not because I like them, because I, I actually do hate them, but it's more so because I just want to see what uh, what Scott Frost does this year. 
I'm interested to see if he pulls it together and figures things out a little bit, or if he just completely like the wheels fall off and he loses his mind and everything goes poorly. I lean towards the latter. I lean towards the latter. Like especially like I've heard some things about him. I won't get into it, but I just heard some things that I'm like he doesn't sound Same. okay. No. You know? <laughs> So help him. That, that will be interesting. And also Illinois will be playing their first game under uh, Brett Bielma, I believe is their new coach. Uh, they just fired uh, Lovey Smith. And I'm, I'm interested to see what goes on with them uh, just from that perspective because Brett Bielma is from the Bill Snyder coaching tree. So there's a couple of interesting storylines following that game. Not that the UCLA-Hawaii game isn't interesting. I think it's, I think it's, I'd say it's equally interesting. It's just that I, don't know, I just felt like picking the other game. Yeah. So basically what you said, because Brett Bielema's coaching there, is Illinois to the natty. Yes. All right, I got you on record. Yeah, yeah you can quote me on that. <laughs> uh, Illinois is winning the national championship this year. <laughs> so the next week that we're moving into is actually week one, which is the week that everyone actually wants to talk about when it comes to the initial college football games. And I'll give you a time to look over the schedule because I already know which game I'm going to pick. It's going to be... I know what I'm going to pick as well. I hope it's not the same game. It's okay if we pick the same game. Do you want to say it on three? Yeah. One, two, three. Clemson, Clemson. You said Clemson, Clemson? Clemson, Clemson. Clemson, Georgia, Georgia. Clemson. Georgia, Clemson, which is at uh, Death Valley, which is in Clemson. Wait, it is? Yes. Oh, I thought it was a neutral site. It is neutral site. I'm an idiot. It's at Bank of America Stadium. Is that in Charlotte? Listen, man. It is... I guess we'll never know, because it just cuts off. Bank of America Stadium, comma, C. Comma, C. It might be Charlotte. It might be Charlotte. Who will know? I mean, I would imagine that it's probably Charlotte, just because that's... A pretty close neutral location for them. I mean, uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium would be a solid location, but I think Alabama-Miami might be there. I think that's the case as well, because those are those are like the two premier matchups for this week. I mean, other than, of course, K-State and Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. So, the reason I say Georgia-Clemson is because I think it'll be an interesting, and I think it'll be a very annoying in terms of advertising, but I think it'll be a very interesting quarterback matchup between DJ... Uyagalele. Uyagalele? Yep. I think. That's not how I would have pronounced it. I would have said Ugalele. No. No. That's definitively wrong. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But I am definitely wrong. I remember hearing that uh, for Hawaiian names, you're supposed to pronounce every single vowel okay so it's like uyagalele okay and so the only time you don't pronounce all the vowels is in lele so like the ei i'm pretty sure that's like the only time you don't pronounce all the vowels okay that that may be totally wrong but i'm just gonna pretend i'm right <laughs> but yeah, anyway i think it's going to be an interesting quarterback battle between jt daniels uh yes or is it daniel Jan- it's daniels okay I think it'll be an interesting little matchup between them, both being pretty highly touted recruits. Mm-hmm. And I also think it'll be very interesting to see, excuse me, the matchup between them, just seeing how Clemson does post post Trevor Lawrence. Because 
Trevor Lawrence pushed Kelly Bryant out of the starting job, and he ended up in MU. Yep. Which, fun fact, he was not good at MU. He was not. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious to see Clemson and how they operate post-Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence. That, that'll be the number one storyline that I'm watching going into that game. Because I want to see if Uyagalele can step in exactly where they were because they didn't lose out on an insane amount of pieces on their defense, so I think their defense will be just fine. But let's not kid ourselves. If this game doesn't happen, it probably happens in the college football playoff later. Yeah. Like, and, and you're saying if it doesn't happen for like COVID reasons? Or just uh, no, if it just or, doesn't, or just happen, like hypothetically speaking, yeah, hypothetically speaking, if it did not happen, it would have ended up being a game that just would have been played in the playoffs anyway. So I'll keep talking here about the game while you try and find a slate of games that you believe is interesting for week two. I'll probably. I wish I would have brought my notebook because I I had written down my games of the week in a notebook. I didn't. I, I did it for the um, Bosco's Boys live show, and then I didn't even oh, get to say them that's because, right. because I got kicked out of the room because my app had to update, and then it crashed. And I think the same thing happened to Scott and Grant. They didn't, they didn't get kicked, but they couldn't see anybody in the room, so they couldn't bring you back up. Sad. Sad day. Yeah. So I think that this will be a story. I think that inevitably what will happen, I think Dabo Sweeney will come out and try and talk smack on Georgia and then Kirby Smart will just kind of say, lol, okay, and then it becomes one of the most competitive games of the year. I think genuinely, in week one, we have two competitors for what might be games of the year, and I'm still going to say Clemson-Georgia is going to be the better game, but I think that Alabama-Miami and Clemson-Georgia, that's going to be a stacked That's a great lineup right there. And you have K State Stanford. Yeah, K State Stanford to to really uh, uh, Alabama, Miami, and Georgia, Clemson. They really complement that K State Stanford matchup. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because the the main event is obviously K State. Of course, right? I mean, it's going to be entirely purple crowd there. I mean, Stanford just not selling tickets for that game. No, (laughs) I think they recently made it to about a thousand ticket sales. Oh, boy. Right? (laughs) Yikes. So, do you have any thoughts about the Clemson-Georgia game, or did I pretty much cover it? You said literally everything that I would have said, with the only exception would have been if you had been saying DJ Ulele the entire time. (laughs) I would have been like, ah, it's DJ Uyagalele. But I said at the beginning instead of the end. So, you you got Thank you for saving me. (laughs) You're welcome. So... Since you found this list of games here, I'm going to let you go first while I discover which game that I wish to see here. Well, um, what I will say is there were a, a handful of games that were really hard to uh, to pick from. Uh, like the Holy War, uh, Utah-BYU. Like that's, I'm pretty sure that's the Holy War. Unless it's Utah-State-BYU? Uh, I think it's Utah-BYU. Yeah, that makes sense. I... I because Utah State gets bullied because of the younger brother. Right, 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 right. How would I forget? I really wanted to pick that. Um, then, yeah, uh, gosh, what is it? What's Iowa, Iowa State called? I think it's just called for the Battle of Iowa. Oh, 
The, oh, it's a Cyhawk Trophy. That's, Cyhawk that, trophy. that's like the thing. It's also a really bad name for a trophy. Yeah. Like, oh, I get it. That's because of the Cyclones and yeah, the Hawks. Yeah, Cyclones and the Hawks. But, yeah, it yeah, sucks, yeah, but... yeah, they really thought really long and hard about it. <laughs> and then Texas-Arkansas is a big game, but I mean, I think you have to go with Oregon-Ohio State for this week, at least from my eyes, because that game is just two juggernauts. Uh, Oregon, while they have been down the last few years, uh, they have been extremely relevant uh, in recent memory and Ohio state is Ohio state. So they're generally going to be top five team anyways. And then Oregon, uh, I'm actually not super familiar with how good they're going to be. All I know is that Tyler Shaw transferred to Texas tech and that won't help them at all. Cause this will suck. But <laughs> the Oregon, uh, they'll have to find a new quarterback. But other than that, I imagine they'll at least be fine. Yeah. I think that, that that is definitely a contender for the best week of the game. I'm actually going for the Cyhawk Trophy. Exclusively because I think Iowa will be good, and I think Iowa State will be good. I don't think either of them will be overly fantastic, but I know the environment that a rivalry game, especially an in-state rivalry game, right. can can make. And also an, an out-of-conference in-state rivalry. Like... Yeah. I, norm- I normally prefer them to be in conference, and I wouldn't change anything like that now. But ones that are historically out of conference are interesting. Like uh, Colorado, Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Like, just two different trajectories for the programs, but it's just interesting to see them play. Like, they play that game at mile high, I think. But, I don't, I don't know. I, I really wanted to pick that game mainly because I'd love to see how Iowa State blows it this year. Because <laughs> they have found some very... Uh, um, unique and ingenious ways to lose that game. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, a, what was it, like, a kick-catch interference on themselves? Yes. <laughs> that I, It's like a miracle every single time that you end up watching one of those games because it's just so strange. <laughs> weird things happen in that game. And honestly, weird things happen most of the time when Iowa State plays and most of the time it hurts them. They so they had the out for they, they had the one year of goodwill built up last year. <laughs> like I, the football gods looked down on them and said, "I think we've tormented them long enough to like give them a year off." But I, I, I think that they're due for uh, being uh, sent back to their place this year. Which I mean, honestly, it will still be a good season. But they, I, I don't think they'll perform the way that they are hoping. Yeah. And I think that it will be a good game to gauge how good both teams are. And it's going to be definitely an interesting matchup, especially because I really like, for some reason, rivalry games that are not on rivalry week really interest me, especially when they're really early on in the season. So I think Iowa ends up being on top, but I think it ends up being a close game. And also... I think it'll be very funny reading the Reddit feed for that game. Oh, you think so? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> have you ever seen the Reddit feed for K-State, Iowa State? No, I have not, but I imagine it's just atrocious. Oh, it is 98% wheat versus corn, and the rest is just really funny memes. That... No one talks about the game. I mean, that's kind of what I would expect. <laughs> Iowa State and K-State have just they have such an interesting rivalry where... It's kind of always existed in the background, but nobody's really acknowledged it until like the last 10 years, it feels like. Farmageddon. Farmageddon. Like, like nobody's ever really 
at least when I was younger, it just wasn't a big deal at all. But as I've gotten older, people have been like, oh, right, we hate these guys. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that, actually. (laughs) Silly us, but but I don't know. It's just been interesting to see that uh, develop over time. Yeah. So moving on to week three, I already have my game, so I'll let you scroll for a little bit longer. But it is a game between two teams that a lot of people didn't really expect to be good last year that were very, very good last year. And that is the matchup between Cincinnati and Indiana. And I think that that is going to be a ridiculously good matchup exclusively because it's going to be another quarterback battle. It's going to be Desmond Riddler against Michael Penix Jr. Yep. And both of those are quarterbacks that... I was very excited watching last year, and it'll be... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, continue. Don't mind me. Staring at you made me laugh. You 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 just said something that made me me chuckle. (laughs) Continue. Don't worry about me. I'm, I'm fine. People will figure out what I said. Yeah, just (laughs) rewind. It's okay. Mm. But, yeah, the matchup between Desmond Riddler and Michael Penix Jr. is going to be (laughs) a very (laughs) risable matchup. And I think the matchup between the defenses will also be a very underrated part of the game. Because there were two games that Justin Fields had last year that were absolutely atrocious, and it was Northwestern and Indiana. I remember watching that Indiana game, and I was really hoping Indiana was going to win that. I and think they almost they, did. They nearly did, because I think they came back, right, if yeah. I recall? Yeah, they had this like ridiculously good comeback going into the second half that just stalled because they had to throw a Hail Mary with like a minute left. That is really unfortunate for them. But yeah, they were a super entertaining team. Didn't uh, their quarterback get hurt in that game? Or am I crazy? Phoenix? Yeah, did he get hurt? I think it's Penix, by the way, but I'm going to keep pronouncing it the way it is. I'd rather you didn't, actually, because... <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. But Michael Penix, um, I don't think he got hurt that game. I think he might... I don't think he got hurt enough to where he got knocked out, but I think he was playing a little a little dinged up. I think you might be right. I I don't remember exactly. All I remember is that being a really good game. It's one of the... I think I, I saw TV ratings. That might have been the most viewed regular season game. Which, it was probably one of the best regular season games. It, it was. That's a great game to watch. And I think, is, it, does, is Desmond Riddler left-handed? I don't know. I don't think so. Because I, I know Penix is. He is. I, I don't know if Ritter is. He might be. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't speak on it. I hope he is. I'm left-handed. so <laughs> Lefties represent. There's just not a lot of lefty quarterbacks. Because the ball comes out different. I don't care. this is discrimination against left-handers how do you explain steve young being one of the best quarterbacks of all time then one one (laughs) token left-hander the token lefty (laughs) anyway i think that the cincinnati indiana matchup will be a great matchup not because one side will be overpowering the other side whether it be offense or defense i think genuinely both sides are going to be really good 
And I think that's where Cincinnati kind of makes another bow to show that they're calling to the Big 12 and that they may win the Big 12 within, like, two years of joining. That that doesn't actually sound too far off what might actually happen in that game. Because uh, Cincinnati, they're, uh, they're reloading this year. Like, they, they will be legit. Uh, they bring back basically everybody from last year, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm really looking forward to following them this year. But uh, let's uh, move into my... Did you have anything else? Nope. Awesome. There are actually quite a few good games this this week. I thought about Cincinnati, Indiana. I thought about Michigan, the U, uh, Alabama, Florida, I thought about. But, I mean, ultimately, I, I just kept looking... Like, Auburn, Penn State, that's a big game. But I, I looked through I them. That's what I thought you'd pick. That's what I thought you'd pick. Uh, that's not what I'm picking. I'm going with Nebraska, OU. And... Uh, I just there's just so many funny things about that game, and maybe top all of it is the fan bases just thinking they're a lot more important and <laughs> complaining about having an 11 a.m. kickoff. <laughs> like, like I think it's like some punishment or something like that. Like it's not bad at all. Like they're prime time. Like they're gonna be like the only game on Fox. And stop complaining, please. Yeah, and then also it'll be nice to see, even though I hate OU, uh, it's, it'll be nice to see Scott Frost get curb stomped. And uh, may, there might be some fights that break out in that game because Nebraska and OU, they do not like each other. Who does Nebraska like? Nope. Who likes Nebraska? Nobody likes Nebraska, and Nebraska likes nobody, I don't think. So, like, we, we can at least say that. While the rivalry between K-State and Iowa State exists, I don't hate Iowa State. I view them as a rival, but I don't hate them. I generally hate them, but that's suspended for now. I, I will be... A truce. Pro- I, 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 there's a temporary truce in Farmageddon for me, because I, I would like to see them... Uh, if, if it's OU versus Iowa State in the Big 12 Championship, Iowa State... For Iowa State. Oh, absolutely. Like, in a heartbeat. You're rooting for... Okay, is there anyone you wouldn't root for? Other than Oklahoma and Texas? Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe KU? I don't know. Actually, I might root for them over Texas. Be realistic. Yeah. <laughs> um, Baylor. I just hate Baylor. Forever. For many reasons. Some personal, some ethical. Most of them are 2012. Most of them are 2012, but they also are just a rotten university in general. So it, it just gives me another thing to say that like makes more sense than a personal <laughs> vendetta. So I'm, I'm happy that they also are atrocious. So it gives me like a better reason. reason. I mean, it gives me an actual reason to hate them. You got anything else? No, that's it for that game for me. All right. So this next week, I think, is going to be another contender for game of the year. And I'm not going to dance around it. I don't think there's a single game on this schedule that comes even remotely close to Notre Dame-Wisconsin. Yep. And I feel like this is going to be the game where Wisconsin awkwardly kind of makes themselves known after being ranked in the top 10 for literally ever. They're going to make themselves awkwardly known again. It's like, guys, I think we're a top five or four program this year. Can we... We maybe get that. And I think they're going to prove it against Notre Dame. Because Notre Dame's losing Ian Book, which I don't care what anyone says. Ian Book was probably one of the best quarterbacks they've had in several years. Oh, I totally agree with that. I uh, don't think he's the NFL quarterback. But 
Uh, he was definitely a, a very good quarterback for Notre Dame. Yeah. Didn't he get picked up by the Saints? Yeah, he's on the Saints roster. He was drafted in like the fourth or fifth round, I think. Somewhere in there. Mid-round day, pick. Day three. Yeah. Which, being a day three pick as a quarterback is still ridiculously impressive. Yes. Because not a lot of quarterbacks are going to get drafted. Uh, and most of them are going to get picked really high. Uh, because they're supposed to come in and basically start immediately. Yeah. Because if you're picking a quarterback in the top ten, you sucked. Yes. Unless you trade up. Yes. So, anyway, getting into the weeds there. I think that this is going to be the game where, because like I said, most of the time Wisconsin is just kind of awkwardly in the top 10. Yeah, they hang out in the, the, the like 6 to 10 range most of the time where they're just always there and you're like, oh, Wisconsin's pretty good. But they never quite make it to the top four. Like... But they're highly rated, it seems like, every year. Mm-hmm. But they just haven't quite been able to make that push into the playoff. Yeah, and unlike Texas, they earn it every year. Right, exactly. Like, like they deserve to be up there. Because, I mean, they, they've been having a, a lots of 10-win seasons recently. Yeah. And as much as I dislike Graham Ertz on a personal level, and that, that goes back to a, to a high school beef, which, do you remember why? You don't have to say it out loud, but do you remember why? Yes, I okay. think so. Okay. Um, I think that he is a very good quarterback, and I think he's someone that can lead Wisconsin to maybe even a college football playoff berth. But this is the game where he proves that he can, and Wisconsin proves that they can hang with the big boys. Either that, or people are going to interpret it as, wow, lol, Notre Dame is washed, which... I like the Wisconsin answer better. I do as well, mainly because that's kind of a tired answer about Notre Dame. Like, even if it's true, I'm just kind of tired of hearing it. Like, like if, like we can't keep saying Notre Dame is washed because eventually they're they're just perpetually that. And yeah. You can't say that they're washed because they haven't really changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, cause I mean, they're just like always in that tier of teams that like wins a lot of games. And then plays a talented team. And then dies. And just gets absolutely destroyed. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that'll happen instead of in the college football playoff. I think it'll happen earlier this year. Is your game different? Uh, no, it is not. Okay. Well, I know what our I know what next week is going to be. We both agreed on this game. And, and it, at, least, at least I think so. We, we had this agreement, <laughs> this look of understanding between the both of us, that the game we were going to be picking... For week five of the college football playoff, not the college football season, is Oklahoma OU and K State, and that's not us being homers. I genuinely see just about every other game on this list, and if you exclude Big Ten games, literally who? Um, like, yeah, I'm looking at this schedule. And, like, uh, Wisconsin-Michigan might be solid. Big 10. Yeah, but I'm still saying, even then, yeah. like, OUK-State, I would say, is going to be as good, if not better. Because all Michigan has is prestige, and they've done nothing with it. Whereas K-State has actually, like, beaten OU, yeah. like, recently. So, it should be a good game, and it should be uh, an emotionally charged game. I imagine it's going to be a very chippy game. Notre Dame-Cincinnati is also a really good game that week. But I don't care. Because if, I, if I weren't a K-State fan, I'd probably say that game. But that's also because I'm ridiculously high on Cincinnati. Yeah. 
like, like Cincinnati's a, a fun team there, but K-State, OU, that's my pick, and that's yours as well. Yeah, and do we want to go into the reasons? Why, I'll go into the reasons why while you look for a game. Okay. So, I think the... I think a lot of this year, for both sides, will be about silencing narratives. Oklahoma will come into the game hating K-State because they're going to hate the narrative that, in conclusion, Chris Kleiman does not lose to OU. Yes, I imagine that upsets them, even though it's true. I mean, it's true. It is factually true. Yes. Up to this point. But it's still a narrative that they probably don't want to have spread around. That being said, it'll also be an equal chance for K-State to silence some narratives. It'll be, you know, the the old adage is once is an accident, twice is a coincidence, three times it's on purpose. At right. least that's what an old baseball coach told me. Right. And I feel that just what this game means for both teams will make it an atmosphere just on the field, not even talking about the fan bases. Just on the field, it will make for a game that f- means a lot to both teams. Yep. And it, it's almost like there's a rivalry game without it being a rivalry game. And I feel like that's something that a lot of schools kind of struggle with. Like having rivalry games that either don't feel like rivalry games or just having a lot of games that don't feel like they matter. When yep. it's not between a rival. This is a game that... I'm not going to go as far as saying college football playoff implications between the two schools themselves, but I'm willing to go out on a limb and say this is probably one of the games that determines the outcome of the Big 12. I would totally agree with that. And honestly, if K-State were to open their season 4-0, if they went out non-con and they steal a win in Stillwater, this actually could have playoff implications, but oh, that, absolutely. <laughs> that requires K-State coming into this game undefeated, which will be a very tall task, but it's not unachievable. Even though I do think Oklahoma State is going to be pretty good this year, I honestly think they may end up being the second best team in the conference. And then uh, OU will be OU. They're going to be even better than usual this year, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a tall task, but K-State is much improved this year, I would say. So it's going to be... A charged game for multiple reasons. K-State wants to continue to prove they can hang with the big guys as part of realignment. OU is going to have this sense of superiority, despite the fact that they've lost two years in a row to (laughs) K-State. They're going to roll into town thinking that they're just so much better than the rest of the Big 12 because they're going to the SEC. And so it's going to be a huge statement game for either team. uh, uh, If OU deserves to be going to the SEC and uh, what K-State deserves when realignment comes around. Obviously, it won't determine that, but symbolically, it will uh, It'll say a few things about that. Yeah. I mean, what happened the last time K-State played in SEC school? Oh, uh, what did happen? Well, uh, well, well, there were some cowbells and... Uh, <laughs> a guy almost died. Yeah, a, a guy a, got a, sent to the moon. Yeah, a true freshman quarterback became a helicopter pilot that day. <laughs> I still watch that clip because I, I don't watch it as much as I watch the, the Gavin Potter getting decimated on Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Oh, you mean Ray Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> the look we shared. <laughs> Just this look of simultaneous understanding. <laughs> but I, I watch that clip a lot, but I'd say that my second most watched 
K-State clip is probably the helicopter hit against Mississippi State. That was unbelievable to see in real time. Like, I was watching that game in real time, and I was like starting to get a little nervous because we were ahead, but they were driving. And, and suddenly. Yeah. And then on uh, fourth down, we just decided against them getting a first down. <laughs> Like, hats off to that true freshman, though. He tried. He did. He tr- he tried. He went out there. He balled out. And he, he put his body on the line for the team. But nevertheless, he still got absolutely eviscerated. <laughs> we said, that's that's really cool that you're doing that for your team. But, but also, we, we simply do not care. <laughs> we simply do not care. <laughs> I think my favorite reaction was... Uh, Oh, I'm not sure if it was AJ Parker, but it was one of the defensive backs who just kind of stood there <laughs> with his arms at his side, just huh. It's kind of like watching a car wreck or like a train derail. I mean, <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Like you just kind of have to marvel, right? Yeah. <laughs> so do you have your game set up for next week? Um, I think yeah, I do. I okay. do. I I'll, I'll go first. I guess I have Alabama, Texas A&M okay. this week. Uh, I thought about picking OU Texas, but I hate them, so I didn't. <laughs> I and, would, but I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, so I picked Alabama Texas A&M because that's going to be a huge game playoff-wise because Alabama's Alabama, and while they, I don't think are going to be as good as they were this past season because they were just ridiculous this last year. I, I, dude, okay, I hate to interrupt you, but this is a question that I've, I genuinely have asked myself a lot. Twenty nineteen Clemson twenty. 20 you mean 2019 LSU? no 20, 2019 lsu 2020 alabama who wins i lsu i think i think lsu probably have the best college football team ever assembled that's that's my standing on it because i mean yeah mac jones was good but he wasn't transcendent like joe burrow was transcendent yeah mac jones was good and he made the offense run but I don't think he's the reason the offense was as good as it was. I think Joe Burrow was the reason that team was as good as it was. Joe Burrow was constructed alternatively. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was assembled uniquely. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Alabama, Texas A and M. Yeah, A um, and M just perpetually kind of has a chip on their shoulder. So while I don't like A and M, I do kind of like that about them. Like even though they do kind of annoy me, like K State, the team that also has a chip on their shoulder a lot. I think it's more deserved for us because we do actually get hated on a lot. They're actually pretty good most of the time. So I don't know what their deal is, but I I still respect the mentality that they have. Would you be happy if you had to share a state with Texas? No, I would not. Especially <laughs> if I had left the Big 12 to get away from Texas and then they just came back. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello there. Go away. <laughs> Leave me. Like the, uh, it's like the meme from The Simpsons. I, I, I've not seen The Simpsons, so I don't know the names of the characters, but the guy throws a guy out a window and then he appears behind him like a frame later. Oh, it's not Mo, but it's the bar owner. No, it is Mo because Mo throws out some random drunk and he just appears behind him again. Yep. Yep. Uh, Mo is A and M, and the drunk is a Texas in that situation. Some jokes there, but <laughs> I... uh, refrain, yeah, refrain, refrain. But yeah, I think A and M Alabama is going to be the event of the week. I hate putting Alabama on any list of any kind because they already get all the clout that they want. But it's just the truth for this week. And I also don't want to give OU Texas satisfaction because they're getting the bulk of my hate for this upcoming year. <laughs> 
for, I, for the upcoming forever. Yeah, for yeah, for the upcoming never-ending pain, they're uh, going to be getting a majority of my uh, my my angst is going towards them. Okay, I have my game if you want to look for the next week. Uh, yeah. What's so, your game? I, I'm actually going to go against the grain because I'm going to go with some group of five meeting some independent action. I think that the game of the week will end up being Boise State BYU. And I'm not saying this just to be, look at me, I am quirky and different. I genuinely believe that this is going to be the best game of the week. And let me qualify by what I mean. We should have done this at the beginning. Let me qualify what I mean by best game of the week. It is the game that you want to watch because it feels like there are stakes to it for one. There are stakes to it for one. Or you just think it'll be one of the most competitive games. Like, it'll be fun to watch. Because you can watch two terrible teams go at it. Right. Like, you could watch Texas State Buffalo. That's not possible. But you could watch Texas State Buffalo you play each other. You certainly could. Yeah, you certainly could do that. And that could be one of the best games of the week. Yeah. But, and I, I'm not picking this because I think Boise State or BYU will be bad. Quite the opposite. I think Boise State is perennially good. And I think it'll be interesting to see how BYU adjusts having lost Zach Wilson. Because Zach Wilson, I know you're not too high on him. Yeah, I don't love Zach Wilson. But nevertheless, he was the engine that made the BYU machine go. Yeah, and I I was someone who was very high on Zach Wilson. I'm not as high as one person that I watched who consistently rated him above Trevor Lawrence. That's one of many takes that I respectfully disagree with him on. But... (laughs) What what a take! Yeah, wow. that is that is a take, but I think that that is going to be an interesting and very competitive game. I don't think Alabama Texas A and M will be overly competitive. That's just me. I just have this gut feeling, and I feel like BYU Boise State will be a competitive and fun game to watch. It's mostly because I like the way both offenses operate. I love the way that BYU's offense operated last year. It's not my favorite offense in college football, which belongs to Coastal Carolina. Honestly, if K-State hired the offensive coordinators, because there's two of them that work at Coastal Carolina, I would be having a field day. No disrespect to Messingham, but Coastal Carolina is constructed alternatively. But BYU-Boise State is just going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah, that's like an out-of-the-box game. And I like games like that. And it's not like a quirky, weird thing to pick a G5 game because I'm doing that this week. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you picking for week? Is it six or seven? This, I believe, is seven. Yeah, week yeah. seven. Um, The only other game that I looked at... Did I even look at any other games seriously? You on, shouldn't have. I, I don't think I did. It might have been Florida LSU, but I'm not sold on LSU like at all. Uh, it's UCF Cincinnati. For me this week those are i would say maybe the two most popular g5 teams right now i don't think that's a are we counting independence no okay then yes yeah like like they're, they're the two most popular group of five teams i think at the moment and cincinnati is great ucf is an entertaining team uh i am really looking forward to it it says a lot when i mean we're looking at this website and it's a g5 game not happening until halfway through the year and right now the lowest ticket price is $44 for it which 
for a G5 game, that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's better than K-State at, or that's better than Iowa State at K-State in the same week. Yeah. For for reference, the lowest price that I can find on here is $6, and the lowest price that I can find for a Power 5 is... 19 That's Texas Tech at KU. Rutgers Northwestern. Oh, of course. <laughs> so there... <laughs> calm down. But <laughs> it's... I feel part of me wants to pick a different game, but I do not see a single game on here that I think comes remotely close to the draw that UCF Cincinnati has. Because both are returning their starting quarterbacks from last year. Both were extremely good and have been extremely good for the past couple of years. Granted, UCF historically has had a consistency problem. So, who knows? This is all speculative and way before the season starts. UCF could suck. I don't think they will, because they have no reason to believe they will. I think they'll at least be a bowl team this year. I think that's... Yeah. Like, I think that's a totally safe prediction. But it's not beyond the realm of possibility that they'll be good. I'm not super familiar with uh, their returning talent situation, but nevertheless... Uh, I don't know. I, I think that'll be a great game regardless just because uh, UCF will show out for that sort of big game. Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati is Cincinnati. They're, they're going to be really good. Yeah. I think, call, call me bold, but I think that might be a preview of a future Big 12 championship. That is semi-bold, but that's not crazy at all. I mean, I... So... Those G5 teams being good this year, that could be really helpful down the road for uh, uh, maybe media negotiations for a new Big 12. Mm-hmm. And I think just the amount of talent that both teams have, Cincinnati is returning their top corner, I believe their top running back, their starting quarterback. And I believe UCF, I know they're returning Dylan Gabriel, who is their top quarterback. This is another case where I would want to know if uh, Desmond is a lefty or a righty because Dylan Gabriel is a lefty. Mm. So we may have potentially two lefty-lefty matchups unless... Two lefty-lefty matchups in G5. Or no, in Indiana was the other one, so... Yeah. Unfortunately, only one of those will be full G5, but the other one will be a Power 5 G5 matchup and a high-level one of that. Mm-hmm. So there's some fun uh, Power 5, G5, and high-level G5 games this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can even throw K-State Nevada in that pot. I mean, that should be fun. Yeah. Not for us. It's going to be stressful. But Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> don't, don't misunderstand me. That's the game that I, I'm not going to say it's the game I'm most worried about for the entire year. But I will say that, well, okay, nothing can hurt me anymore after Arkansas State loss. So actually, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I, I thought I couldn't have any more pain after the Arkansas State loss, but okay, yeah, fair point, I guess. Yeah, fair point. I've, fair point. I've I've felt much worse since then. <laughs> <laughs> K State versus Fort Hayes State in basketball. That that was painful. That was honestly that I got so painful that I was laughing. Yeah, you, what can you do at that point and laugh? Oh, Seriously. also, I hope we have more fun uh, doing the basketball portion of this year's show. Yes. What if? This podcast brings us to the promised land and we win a national championship. I would be really happy about that, personally. Would we Would we exclusively claim it's because of the podcast? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> what else would we do? 
like, like we'd have to. But yeah. that takes us to week eight, and yeah. I think there was there was uh, one game that contended here that wasn't the one I picked. It was USC at Notre Dame. That's a big game. But the one I chose was another G five game, Coastal Carolina at App State. I I know we're falling to this G five thing, but all the G five games that are really really good are happening in the middle of the season, and Coastal Carolina at Appalachian State. I am ready for that because Appalachian State is a team I actually really like. I just enjoy watching them. You got anything else? No, that's pretty much it. All right. <laughs> I, as much as it hurts me to miss out on, you can go to next week. All right. as, as much as it hurts me to miss out on seeing Coastal Carolina, just because, man, I love their offense just so much. that Everything about their off. I could do like a two-hour show about their offense alone, but... As much as it hurts me, I don't feel like that's going to be either the most competitive or the most interesting game of the week. It's going to be, for me, it has to be Ohio State versus Indiana. Just because of how freakishly good that... I honestly think that might have been game of the year right there. That, that'll that be an incredible rematch if Indiana lives up to last year. Which I think, unlike Iowa State, I genuinely think, and just call it a gut feeling, I guess... I genuinely believe in Indiana to repeat their success a lot more than I believe in Iowa State to. And just how good that game was last year. Granted, Ohio State is losing Justin Fields, which honestly might be with how he played in the Indiana game. Justin Fields is a remarkably talented quarterback, but he played dreadfully during that game. Yeah. But I think it'll be... a Great matchup. Exclusive. And I think this might be the game. I think Penix before. I'm saying it like that because A, I don't know how it's pronounced. And B, I don't think we could take another round of pronouncing it. The I other won't way. survive it. I won't <laughs> survive it. I think this is the point where Penix kind of becomes that guy who comes out of nowhere to generate genuine draft hype. Because every year for the past, what, three or four years... There's always been the established guys that you know are going to be top draft picks. And then there's always a guy that comes out of literally nowhere. Joe Burrow was that guy back in 2019. Joe Burrow was 2019. Zach Wilson was this last year. Yep. Josh Allen was 2017. Yes. 2018, you can make an argument, was Kyler Murray because he was coming off of the Baker Mayfield season. Right. So every single year, you just have this, this one quarterback who ascends up draft boards out of nowhere because people just start recognizing his talent. And I feel like Penix might be that that quarterback. I believe in his talent that much. Just from what I've seen him play, he is a guy who's flown under the radar. I think he was rated either the second or third best quarterback left in the Big Ten. Which I think is totally disrespectful. I agree. I think it is. I think he, I don't think it's remotely close. I don't know who would be ahead of him. Michigan doesn't have anyone. Michigan State doesn't have anyone. Iowa they have a returning guy that's like good, but he's not incredible or anything. Ohio State doesn't have anyone back. Medic should be first. Like like I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that has any business being ahead of him. Yeah, and he's just so talented, and I think he shows out 
against this Ohio State team like he did last year. And I think regardless of win or lose, I think it'll be an amazing game. And I think it'll especially be a game where Michael Penix just comes out and destroys Ohio State's defense. Because he almost threw, if I'm remembering correctly, send me an email telling me how wrong I am, AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. But didn't he throw for like north of 350 in that game? I think so. That, That wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, they had to come back, so they were throwing a lot. I mean, I'll, I can look it up. And so so just getting off Michael... Getting off Michael Penix. Penix. Getting off Michael Penix there. It's just a game that... I honestly think that Ohio State's running game... So if we're going to pick a quote-unquote X factor for each team there, I think it'll actually be Michael Penix for Indiana, and I think it'll be Ohio State's running game for the for that game i saw your eyes light up what did you see i saw the uh yardage for uh indiana in this game their leading rusher had three carries for 10 yards (laughs) and michael Penix jr had 491 passing yards in that game (laughs) for five touchdowns and one interception 27 of 51 yeah so anyway michael Penix is good he's very good (laughs) and they uh gosh they had where is the uh, box score there? Yeah, um, Indiana outscored Ohio State twenty-eight to fourteen uh, in this game, and they scored uh, twenty-eight of the last thirty-five points in that game. And the only uh, points Ohio State scored um, after the twelve ten mark of the third quarter was a pick six. So their offense just died. Died. But they were up thirty-five-seven in that game at one point, and they won forty-two thirty-five. Yeah. So that was. A very good game last year, and I think it'll repeat this year because I think Indiana will be a good team. We we've kind of we kind of belabored the point there, so let's let's move on to the the next week here, which is week eight nine week nine. And who do you who do you have as your your week nine game? I'll admit I was really torn on this week. Uh, I I was really tempted to say North Carolina, Notre Dame, or Georgia versus Florida. But I ultimately decided to go with Michigan at Michigan State because one of the most of my college football memories are K-State related. But one of the ones that stands out in my memory that is non-K-State related is the Michigan blocked punt uh, where it was recovered by Jalen Watts Jackson. Okay. <laughs> like, Jaylen, I know Jalen Watts Jackson's name because of the commentary on that where <laughs> Like, he scores, and the commentator's voice just cracks really bad. <laughs> oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because uh, Michigan, all they had to do was punt the ball, because time was about to run out, and Michigan State just went all-out punt block, and they blocked the punt and returned it for a touchdown <laughs> with no time left in the game, which is unbelievable scheming by Michigan. <laughs> Honestly? They, they really Michigan that game. Yeah, I, I, I wish that I could have the capacity to lose in horrifying fashion that Michigan has because I don't care what anyone says K-State is snake bitten I'm pretty sure Michigan has had a nuclear bomb dropped on it a few times yeah it's been pretty bad Iowa State very similar I'd say Iowa State maybe has a bit worse uh, but Michigan seems worse because they're just like supposed to be better yeah but I don't know that's going to be a 
absolutely massive game. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, uh, on here it says tickets, like the lowest is $174 for that game. That's at Michigan State. So, I mean, that's that's going to be a huge game. My game of the week. But there's some great games this week as well. Yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of, of week seven, where yeah. there was like a solid one yeah. good game. Like there, there are a couple of games which, if we were allowed to do honorable mentions, I could see a lot of games on here being honorable mentions. But I'm actually going to stick with the Big Ten, and I feel like the Big Ten is getting a lot of love, yeah. in because I think the Big Ten is consistently one of the most interesting. Yes. In college football, and I'm going to go with two programs that perennially haven't been the best, and yet more recently have made themselves known on a national scale. And that is Minnesota at Northwestern. Interesting choice. And I think that because it's two schools who... Because normally you have... The matchups that I like kind of go like this. You have big school versus small school where the small school has a chance to win. That's like my favorite kind of games. Right. Which kind of explains a lot of my picks. Yeah. You have big school versus big school if it's a rivalry game. You have mid versus mid. And then you have up and cunners, up and comers versus up and comers. And that's above mid versus mid. So it's like my third favorite type of game. Which I know is a very strange qualifier. No, but... I get what you're saying though. Like teams that are good and consistently good but they haven't been historically like northwestern historically is one of the few teams that has a worse history than k-state like significantly worse actually because k-state got better about uh gosh it's been 30 years now i think nine years around yeah and uh northwestern just did not get better until uh, in the last like five or six years they had one random really good season where they were like the best offense in college football and it was like in the mid 80s or 90s i'd like to say and then they got good and pat Fitzgerald took over as coach and trevor simeon was their quarterback uh that was gosh i must have been five or six years ago at this point i think maybe a little longer it's probably longer because trevor simeon has not been relevant in several years. In fact, yeah. whenever you said Trevor Simeon and good quarterback, part of me like recoiled. No, he was he was pretty good for Northwestern, as I recall. I might be totally making that up. But I remember watching a Northwestern game, and he was playing, and I was like, oh, this guy's kind of good. And I saw him on the Broncos a few years later. I was like, wow, wow what he's really bad. What happened, man? <laughs> but I think Minnesota versus Northwestern could genuinely be the game where one of them establishes themselves as a new power in the Big Ten. And I think that that new power is going to be one of the most interesting things to watch Big Ten teams fight over. Because, of course, you have your stereotypical schools at the top. You have your Ohio States and whether or not they deserve it, Michigan and Wisconsin. But there's always this middle of the pack that seemingly just remains in the middle of the pack. However, more recently, Minnesota and Northwestern, Northwestern more recently and starting much sooner than Minnesota, because Minnesota's been a relatively slow rise, they've made themselves known by, first off, exposing Justin Fields, Northwestern has, exposing Justin Fields on a national scale, 
Which, granted, that they that, are that, losing Greg that led, Newsom. That led to them being exposed by Trey Sermon. Which, yeah. Which, like, I mean, Northwestern, they did scheme perfectly for Justin Fields. They just went all out pass coverage and said, run against us if you want. And Ohio State said, okay. Okay. And then, <laughs> and Trey they, Sermon, and then he ran for like 300 yards. And then Trey Sermon was a good running back. Yep. But, and then Minnesota has been pretty consistently good for the past couple of years. And it's mm-hmm. it's been really interesting to see. And I think it'll, because, let's be honest, Michigan probably doesn't deserve to be up there. No. I think it'll be... I think this game really determines who the third best team in the Big Ten is, which doesn't sound like an accomplishment. But then you realize, wait, it kind of is. It, it really is because you have Ohio State and Wisconsin are one and two. Yeah, and then Iowa might be up there as well. Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. Indiana is another team that could fight for number three as well. There's some good, good teams in the Big Ten right now. I don't think Iowa fights for number three. I think they're fighting for like four or five. Yeah, but Iowa's gonna be a solid team. Iowa's gonna be solid, but I. I Minnesota Northwestern, I think, will be interesting because I think whoever wins this game becomes, by default, the third or fourth best team, depending on how Indiana plays Ohio State. Right. So, moving on to Week 10, which is going to be a week that we're going to have to actually look at because I forgot to turn over the week to let us explain the games. So, just looking at this slate of games is... Uh, I can see a game that it would be very interesting if it was 2019. Uh, yeah, LSU-Alabama matchup. Yeah, if Joe Burrow was still here. If Joe Burrow That's, that's an still, easy pick. Yeah, if Joe Burrow were still... Well, if Joe Burrow were still here, no one would have a chance at the national championship, especially 2019 Burrow. Fair. Like, well, maybe we'll do an episode someday just about how freaking good 2019 he, Joe yeah, Burrow he, was. He was it's unbelievable. I don't. Oh, would it would it be hyperbole if I said that's probably the best college football quarterback season of all time? No, I mean like Tim Tebow seasons are up there, uh, Cam Newton's twenty eleven seasons up there, but man, Joe Burrow was just straight up dominant. So I mean that's not hyperbole to at least put in the conversation because I mean I think it's there's enough good seasons that there's some worth conversing about. I mean like. Uh, without thinking about it too much, Joe Burrow could very easily be the best of all time Yo. for one single season. Yo, why is week eleven? Why is week ten trash? There's a a low key good game in there that I see. Really? Yes, and it's Oregon at Washington. That's what I was gonna say. Ah, uh, because there's one thing that I'm looking forward to doing when K State's in the Pac-12. It's going to Washington because they have a beautiful stadium and by beautiful it's more so the view Mm -hmm. because it like looks out into a lake and there's like mountains and stuff and it's just really really pretty and i would love to watch a game there so looking forward to that k-state road trip to washington in the future i mean it's never happening because the big 12 is just staying together forever at least temporarily no forever well ace instead of here first ladies and gentlemen the the j-boy pack 12 rumors have died officially today (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll we'll lead, the Big Twelve will fall apart when this podcast does. Yes. So never, never. He death of the universe. He death of the universe. I'm looking at just about every other game, and I don't think that there's a single one that even remotely holds a candle. Maybe Ohio State Nebraska for the terrible fan bases. <sighs> 
That, that pretty well describes my feeling. Okay, if I'm going to be different, I'll pick Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Because to spoil a take that I may or may not have in the future, which may or may not be in the past, figure that one out. <laughs> I know what you mean, but nobody listening to this knows what you mean. One other person knows. Okay, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, I guess I'll go Oklahoma State, West Virginia, because Texas is going to suck. Oklahoma will probably be number one in the conference. Yep. So I think, I don't think Iowa State will be nearly as good as they were last year. And that's not me just hating on them. I just don't think it'll happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that boat with you. I think that genuinely the two other competitors for the second spot, as much as I want it to be K-State, and I feel like K-State at some point in the year will be in that conversation, I feel like genuinely the two schools that are probably going to vie for that number two spot are Oklahoma State and West Virginia. I I think Oklahoma State is clearly ahead of West Virginia in that conversation. I'm skeptical to be as high on West Virginia as you are. Be skeptical. But <laughs> their defense is just so good that like they're they're they have to be in the conversation. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that scares me most about what scares me are defensively inclined Big 12 teams because there is what like a grand total of two of them. No scroll. Yep. Um TCU and West Virginia. That's pretty much it. I guess you could say K-State's like a balanced approach. Yeah, but it, I, I'm genuinely worried about defensively minded Big 12 teams, especially yes. ones that have genuinely good defenses. Yes, I agree. And that's pretty much just West Virginia and TCU for the most part. K-State like takes a balanced approach to it, I think, because they don't go all out on offense or defense. And then everyone else is just offense. Mm-hmm. But it is a little different than it was. I mean, everybody used to be pretty much all offense except for K-State. And now there's at least a couple other schools that try to play defense more. Mm-hmm. OU's pretending to try right now. <laughs> but they're not quite there yet. <laughs> they're not quite in that in that level. Nope. But uh, another reason, and the joke reason I'll say this, is because Mike Gundy cut his mullet. And his teams are always better whenever he doesn't have his mullet. Because he didn't have his mullet in 2015. Were they good that year? I believe believe so. They may have been. I don't remember OSU at all from that year. Because that was the year that Baylor and TCU shared the Big 12. Or maybe TCU won outright. No, TCU won outright that year, I think. Anyway, I, I just... Mike Gunny without a mullet scares me. And spoilers for the wacky segment of the week, Mike Gunny doesn't win this one. Rare L for Mike Gunny. Rare L on the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. And also rare L for Maine, who doesn't even have a logo on the ESPN website. <laughs> yeah, it just says Maine. <laughs> it just says Maine. <laughs> Sad day. But yeah, I have you, if you haven't found your name, I can keep going. But... Um... Yeah, I, I have not found a game. Wait, I, no, actually, I take that back. I, I have my game. Yeah, I've got mine. So I'll I'll wrap up by saying I think Oklahoma State-West Virginia might be a sneaky game that determines who else gets into the Big 12 championship. I think that's a fair take. Want me to go first for this next one? Um, I'll go. Okay. Uh, this is week, I think it's 11. 11. Week 11. Wheat bread. Brisbane. <laughs> 
<laughs> my choice was uh, Miami at Florida State for this week. Um, mainly because there was a lot of okay games this week. <laughs> yeah, but none that were yeah. great. Like uh, Georgia at Tennessee, like that's a prestigious game, but Tennessee probably will suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mississippi State at Auburn, those are two teams that K-State's played recently, and they're going to be solid teams, but they're not great. Arkansas at LSU, that's two more okay SEC schools. Uh, Michigan at Penn State, they're probably both going to be mid this year. Like, there's just a lot of fine games. Northwestern Wisconsin could be a that that could be a pretty good game, but that's not the game I'm picking. My game's not on Saturday. Oh, interesting. My game's not on Friday. My game's not even on Tuesday or Wednesday. Is it Thursday? It's Thursday. Is it the only game on Thursday? North Carolina at Pittsburgh. That is correct. How did I know? Who could have guessed? <laughs> Gigabrain hours on the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. I mean, I don't blame you for that. I mean, just because North Carolina, I feel like they kind of have to sneak in here at some point just because they're expected to be so good. Sam Howell's expected to be so good. I, don't, I feel like a lot of yeah. people feel uh, whenever the two running backs left, it was because <laughs> that, that kind of was. Yeah, it was Michael Carter and Javante Williams. Yes, Michael Carter and Javante Williams. Whenever they both left, everyone's kind of like, well, North Carolina's going to suck now. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case either. I don't think they're going to be, like, unbelievable, but I think they're going to be good. Yeah, they they will be like the ACC's uh, annual team that plays really well against everybody else, and it's a sacrificial lamb for to Clemson, Clemson and the uh, to take him <laughs> and then the uh, uh, ACC championship game to send Clemson to the playoff. Yeah, maybe that changes this year. Maybe, but I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, North North Carolina. I, I I'm mostly picking this game because it's an ACC matchup. And North Carolina is in it. I don't think Pittsburgh is ever a bad team. They're always consistently at least okay. Yeah, they've had like a few below average seasons, but they normally aren't any worse than five and seven. Like, is Pat Narduzzi still their head coach? I have no idea. Maybe. Maybe. That, that, that doesn't really matter, I guess. I was just wondering. But yeah, I, I kind of see Pitt as like the K-State of the other coast to where they're consistently good and will always be ranked in the 20s at least once in the year. So they're always a consistently good slash decent team that just ends up immediately dying whenever they get ranked. So check back with me again if Pittsburgh is ranked for this game. That would be kind of interesting. That would be an interesting matchup. Yeah, especially because Pitt has traditionally been a really good wide receiver school, and I'd say that probably my biggest question for North Carolina is the secondary, maybe that, other than the running back room. Yeah, that makes it pretty interesting, actually. So, yeah, I, I like that choice there. Um, but did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I I can keep going for a little bit here. And no, I... I mean, like, did you did you want anything else to say? No. Okay. Like, that was what I was asking. Okay. Because uh, I can I can make myself ready. Because I'm I'm kind of torn between a a game on Friday, and then there's a game on Saturday that I uh, am also I might. Oh, that's actually a really tough choice. Right, like. Dude, it's. I don't envy your decision, and if I didn't have the rule to where you can't have honorable mentions, I, this would be, I'd say, the most apt situation to use it. But, like, 
dude. <laughs> I'm like, I really want to pick this, but I really want to pick this, you know? Yeah. Dude. Okay. So... What do you think? How about you pick one and I'll pick the other? Well, I think, actually, the game that I'm going to pick is the Thursday matchup. Friday matchup. I was about to <laughs> it's say not this? Louis- it's not Louisville. Louisville-Duke. It's not Louisville-Duke. It's Memphis-Houston. Yep. And I think the reason why is because... Not because I think, oh, well, this is future Big 12 matchup, because I'm, I'm not counting that as a qualifier. And I think that Houston is just a volatile enough team that if you shake the bottle enough, they have a chance to explode, and they will either explode on the enemy like a hand grenade or just explode on your in your hand. And I feel like that might be an interesting matchup to watch because Memphis is another team that's consistently good. And I'd say they're up there with another one of my my favorite offenses, especially because how much they've just decided, you know what, our running backs are also wide receivers. Stop us if you can. Right. So, I that was one of the games I wanted to pick, but I'll roll with the other one that I wanted to pick, which is Iowa State at OU. Um, two schools that I dislike expeditiously, and... The reason I'm picking it is because this is going to have significant Big 12 title implications. Even though I don't think Iowa State, my hunch is that they won't be as good. I still think that Iowa State could end up being a school that makes their way to the Big 12 championship. I don't think that's a stretch at all. And even if I may not agree with it, it's it's worth throwing out there as a potential thing. Especially with that game happening in Week 12. Which the baseball championship would be like two weeks later mm-hmm. at that point, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. But I don't know. That's that's my pick, just because that's gonna have really big implications. Maybe even the playoff. If you believe some national writers on Iowa State, which I don't really believe national writers on anything, honestly. Not so. anymore. No longer. You've ruined it. Yep. And now that moves us to week thirteen. There are some games this week i'm not sure if this is officially rivalry week but it may as well be it, it might as well be for literally like three games there's, yeah there's a pac 12 a big 12 and an sec game acc as well oh right yeah yeah the acc i forgot about that so i think i look at that look yeah, at th- that this list ha- at the top this has to be rivalry week there's no other way that this is not rivalry this is, week. And, you know, it's really sad because there's a game on Black Friday. The the uh, oh, K-State-Texas game. There's a lot of games on Black Friday. That's unfortunate for us. I think we get the... We get the exclusive 11 a.m. spot. No, we don't. For Fox. For Fox, yes. I mean, yeah, other networks aren't going to like not broadcast games for us. <laughs> I wish they would. <laughs> Please! I beg of you. Oh, and then also there's another game that I missed. That's on Saturday. That's another rivalry game. Dude, this is actually... Rivalry weeks are always tough to, to pick a game. But if I'm going by my rule of I think it'll be a competitive game... Oh, wait, no, never mind. I know what my pick is. It's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Yep, bedlam. <laughs> like, I know that we... That's, this is our third time picking OU... Or this is my third time picking OU, and I pick them back-to-back weeks. 
But OU Iowa State was for legitimate reasons. So was K State OU. This is just for the carnage. Oh, it's going to be anarchy like, in Stillwater. <laughs> this is going to be like they there will have to be like National Guard presence at this game. Like, the, like look, tickets as low as two hundred twenty three dollars for this game. That's nuts. That's insane. It's, especially and, it's in Stillwater. It's going to be in Stillwater. The water will not be still. No, 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 no. <laughs> this will be a, a violent water, Oklahoma, or rough water. Oklahoma. Whitewater. Whitewater, Oklahoma. But, yeah, that's going to be a unbelievable game, I think. Because competitively, that also could have Big 12 title implications. Yeah, it could. Because Oklahoma State, I, I think, has a really good shot at being in Arlington at the end of the year. So, we could get two weeks in a row of Bedlam. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be... If K-State doesn't make the Big 12 championship, that's what I want to happen. That'd be nuts, dude. But yeah, we, we're both in agreement, and that's actually the last week of regular season college football. So, I'd say we have a we have a pretty decent list, and it's a list that will change. Yeah. Because there are a couple, of, a couple of games on there that were very much speculative. Yeah. But, nevertheless, I, I feel really good about that list, and I'm, I'm really excited. This is probably the most excited that I've ever been for a non-K-State game, and that is Bedlam. I am stoked for Bedlam. If tickets weren't $200, I would honestly go as a neutral observer. You and I talked about this. Yes. You and I said that I if we can get... tickets were $200. You and I both said if we can get there, we'll 100% go just as neutral observers. Because I, I feel like that's going to be like a historical event that's worth documenting. Like, like it's like a cultural experience that you don't want to miss. But you, you think you have to show up in neutral colors? It's like a gang area. You have to show up in like black. Yeah. Like <laughs> I honestly maybe it'd be fun to just wear K State stuff to that game. It's like, what are they gonna do? Purple shirt just says chaos. <laughs> chaos state. <laughs> okay, can that become our name if we just decide to destroy the college football playoff rankings as chaos state? Yes. I, I am 100% down for that rebranding. Because we have three options for that to happen. If we beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State, we become Chaos State University. You forget University. The, the fourth wildcard option if Gene Taylor just puts us in the playoff. <laughs> <laughs> we hold so much power in our own hands. No one man should have all that power. <laughs> so we, we've gone over which, which games of the week that we would personally... I'm not saying that we sh- we would go there in person if we could, because I would definitely would have gone to more rivalry games. Yeah, me too. But I feel like those would be the most competitive slash best games of those yeah. weeks. That, that was, for the most part, what I was going for. It's just the best games, and sometimes those happen to be rivalry games. That last week 13, that's going to be that's so tough to pick. No, that's exclusively because it's a rivalry if, if there wasn't all this realignment stuff happening and all that tension between OU and Oklahoma State, there was like five or six other legitimate number one options. Absolutely. Like, uh, OSU-Michigan was happening. Uh, the Iron Bowl, Alabama-Auburn was happening. Yep, War for Virginia was happening yeah, as well. Yeah, the War for Virginia was happening. Uh, there was a few others as well. Uh, it was crazy, crazy week upcoming for the last week of college football. But, I don't know, I've, I've now all of a sudden become really excited at the thought of K-State isn't in the Big 12 championship, which probably, I guess... If it's not going to be that, then I'd love for it to be a Bedlam rematch one week after Bedlam. Dude, that'd be nuts. Especially if there's, like... Entire team gets ejected. 
Yeah, like the, the like all the starters get ejected for fighting, so you just have to watch like the backups. It's like the last episode of Last Chance U first season. Yep. Going into the second season. Yep. And they just play with a bunch of random freshmen. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be that'd be really really interesting. That'd be really cool. But that takes us out of that into the wacky segment of the week. Yeah, the wacky segment of the week. So these past two weeks we've been having competitions, we'll say. For the first week was which Big Twelve coach would win in a street fight? Mike, Mike Gundy. Gundy. Mike Gundy easy. <laughs> Which coach would have the best barbecue? Mike, Mike Gundy. Gundy. That's just entirety of yeah. college football. Jimbo Fisher was up there. As Jimbo well. was up there. You said Ed Orgeron, which no. I I think that he would. I think crawfish. He would. No, you can't barbecue crawfish. I feel like it would translate. <laughs> so <laughs> this wacky segment of the, and the Royals just lost this wacky segment of the week. That might time this episode even, <laughs> but. The, the wacky segment of the week this week is which college football coach would be most likely to make a podcast and what would its name be? Coach, college, name of the podcast. Do you want me to go first? Um, no, I can go first. Um, I, I'm once again going to cheat because I have two options. Okay. Uh, the first one is he's not a head coach anymore, but I believe he's an analyst to Alabama. Like, all washed up head coaches <laughs> end uh, up being yeah it's i don't know if he's still doing that he might be a head coach elsewhere now but butch jones uh, formerly of tennessee <laughs> i think that he would make a podcast and i think it would be called champions of life because <laughs> might this, have to explain the joke <laughs> yeah pretty much just he was not very good at his job and after losing yet again he said they may not like he said something along the lines of like they may not be champions on the field, but they're champions in life or something like that. That's, like, really dumb to say when you're a Division One football coach. It's, like, you can say that in, like, the off season or, like, if your team goes undefeated. Like, be like, they're also champions. Like, Matt Campbell's, like, like we have a five-star culture, you know, stuff like that. Despite the fact that he's, like, pulling in, like, blue-chip recruits now. So, like, it kind of undermines his point. But, anyway, this isn't uh, take a big dump on Matt Campbell. Wacky segment. This is podcast. Wacky that, segment. That was that was fight segment. That was take a big dump yeah. on Matt Campbell. <laughs> That's true. We we did him pretty dirty in the in that segment. But I we think, have him ranked last, or did we have a random like rank last? I think I think he might have been last. Honestly. I think I think the bottom tier was made up of him, Aranda, and Riley. I think you're right. I think you're right. But uh, yeah, Butch Jones would make a podcast. Also, I think PJ Fleck would make one and it would just be him giving like unsolicited life advice to people like like he would just like be telling people what to do and then at the end he'd say row the boat and like like push them out of a door or something <laughs> like was, he hits someone yeah. over the head with an oar yeah because pj fleck is just like a really in, he just seems like an overly intense person like on purpose like i don't think he's naturally like that but he's just like doing it and it's a little annoying so I think that he would have some podcast about, like, giving people life advice when they don't really want it. And just be like, row the boat. And he'd wear, like, his khakis and his pullover. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's just a coach that gets on my nerves because he just feels kind of disingenuous to me. I've never met him. I don't know if that's the truth. I just, like, watch him talk. I listen to him talk. I, like, have observed him. And I'm like, he just kind of seems like he's faking it really poorly. But people just kind of believe it. Yeah, <laughs> people put up with it because he's a decent enough coach. Pretty much, yeah. But I don't know. That's my. Those, those are my top two for 
coaches making podcasts. What about you? I'm going to have to go with the answer that I've been thinking of ever since ever since I started this. And it's Mike Gundy. No. <laughs> we cannot keep doing this. Mike Gundy goes on the One America show. <laughs> yeah, this will just be the Mike Gundy segment. Of the the Mike Gundy segment of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it'll actually... I think genuinely... It'd be Jimbo Fisher, and of Texas A&M, the head coach of Texas A&M, and I think the name of the podcast would be Jimbo's Crab Shack, except for instead of crab being spelled normally, it's spelled with a Q, so it's like QB Shack. I feel like Jim Jimbo Fisher might just be corny enough to try and pull that joke off and think it's really funny. I think he would. And, I, I I like to think that he would. So it'd be Jimbo's Crab Shack, and he would just talk. You'd get because there's every single time I've watched a Texas A&M game, they always have one weird random quote from Jimbo Fisher that's just about football. Which, to his credit, thank you for remaining about football and not pulling out. We are the champions of life. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for at least staying on topic. Yeah, I feel. I feel like if you're not going to say Jimbo Fisher, I feel like you have to say a young coach. And there's not yeah. many of them. No, not right now. Not that I can think of. So, like... At least not head coaches. No. Like, there's a lot of assistant coaches. Yeah. That are that are younger, but... Uh, Matt Campbell. He might have a podcast. I feel like he might be one of two people that are in that age demographic that might yeah. start one. Yeah. Matt Campbell, he'd probably have one called like five-star culture or something like that i feel like that might already be in, i feel like a new iowa state podcast might have already taken that name are you serious no i'm just saying i'm not saying it because i've heard of it i'm saying it, it's because it probably happened oh <laughs> i i'd say in all likelihood <laughs> yeah i i would assume that some iowa state podcast probably has taken that unfortunately but I don't know. If they haven't, Matt Campbell will do it. He found out their career. Okay, peek behind the curtain here. Originally, this was going to be what job would each Big 12 head coach have if not for coaching football. But then I realized, <laughs> wait, <laughs> this question has been asked already on a on Bosco's Boys, which shout out Bosco's Boys, great K-State podcast. Yeah, friends I, of the show. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I thought I remembered that happening somewhere, but I thought it was like an article or something. But no, it was, no, it was actually just Bosco's boys. No, it was an it was a Q and A section of Bosco's boys. Oh, was that that was pretty recently actually, right? Yeah, which is why I kind of refrained <laughs> because I already felt bad doing the game of the week segment. Yeah, like, even though we've been planning it for so long. Yeah, like we've been wanting to do it for a while, and like we couldn't because things just kept coming up. And then Bosco's boys, like, like they also did it. Like, what's and, your college football road trip? And it's like, oh, damn. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but that pretty well concludes this edition of Aggieville Alley Cats. If you. We really appreciate everyone who's listened up to this far in the podcast, and we appreciate every single listener that we get, especially because we... Do you want to announce the milestone? Uh, yeah. I, I can... I'll check and see if anything else crazy has happened, like, the last, like, hour. No, nothing crazy has happened, but uh, just today we passed a 500 total downloads, so that was a huge milestone uh, for us. It's something that I never anticipated happening. 
because uh, I came into this with literally zero expectations. And yeah, both of us did. We literally yeah. said, "Hey, you want to talk?" You you came up to me and you said, "Hey, you want to talk about K State in the podcast?" And I said, "Okay." Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's just something I've wanted to do for so long, and like I I know that you've wanted to do it as well, and so it's just like let's just do it. Like just put our thoughts like outward, like as opposed to just bouncing them off each other. Like, and that and then people just have been listening for yeah. some reason. For and, some reason. Yeah. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Grandma, for listening. And, <laughs> I'm assuming what's happening is just they're just single-handedly listening like 30 times each, like per episode. <laughs> the rest is Scott. Yeah, the rest <laughs> is Scott. <laughs> and Evan, I think he, he like re- he like made a reference, right? Yeah, Evan made an, uh, a reference to the owl bit. Yeah, and he it, did. That was that was crazy. That was a surreal <laughs> moment for me because I'm like, no one's listening to this. They're here for the K State news, but no, lo and behold, they were here for the owl story. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you to the four people that have listened to the podcast like 20 times per episode. We really appreciate it. But in all seriousness, thank you, all of you, every single person that has listened to this podcast and has given us a download and made us a part of whether it be their daily routine, their drive to work, or just made us a part of their lives in any capacity. It's, it, it's a humbling experience for both of us, and we both yep. really appreciate it. If you want to support the show in any financial way in terms we have a donation link in the description of i know spotify i'm not sure if the apple podcast description is the same it should be everywhere and it should be just automatically in the description of everywhere but if it's not uh let us know please yeah please (laughs) send us an email but if you want to support us in a financial way the link is there in the description of our podcast and also, whenever we come out with merch in the future, like I said before, we will have a limited edition t-shirt that is our current logo, while our future logo, which will hopefully look better than a 10-minute Photoshop job, <laughs> will making its debut. But whenever we debut our merch store, it will be launching aside the new logo, and we will be doing a limited run of our original logo's t-shirts, which will definitely look scuffed, but you can definitely say... Yeah, you can say you're an original. You can say you're an original listener, which that might mean something someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the shirt, it's not about the product. It's about the friends you made along, along the way. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us on social media, you can follow us at Aggieville ACATS on Twitter. That's capital A, capital A, and capital C in CATS. And if you want to send us an email that's a question, you can also DM it to us on Twitter. But our email is aggievillealleycats at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to us on a personal note, I am acedwards00 on Twitter. And I'm capital C Connor and capital B Balthasar on Twitter. And also feel free to interact with uh, the podcast Twitter account. Uh, we'd love to see some comments. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it kind of makes both of our days whenever we see dude this we get two likes on a tweet oh bro this is doing numbers seriously that, that's how it goes like if we get like like people liking the tweet that isn't me and ace we're like oh people like this one wait a minute that's, that's kind of how i describe this entire before we go off on a tangent inevitably because i'll, I'll that, just like, we, we we're not we're, we're we love doing that going off on tangents we're pros at it i would say absolutely <laughs> We, it's just a surreal experience to know that enough people have listened to us to where we've gotten 500 downloads, and that's something that neither of us really expected. 
But Absolutely not. that's something that we're going to continue doing because rain, shine, or anything in between, the Aggieville Alley Cats are here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I see what you did there. Aha! Yeah, you did the intro <laughs> with the outro. I like that. See you next time, Alley Cats. <laughs>